Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And while I believe that these seven churches, these are seven literal churches, but I also believe that it represents the church age as a whole from the very beginning, from the day of Pentecost when the church was born, all the way until the rapture of the church. I am Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio with Pastor Rob Kellogg. This letter, which is the book of Revelation, was originally addressed to these seven selected churches of Asia. This was the Roman province of Asia, which is the western part of modern-day Turkey. John brought a greeting from God the Father. He who is and who was and who is to come speaks of the eternal nature of God. It has the idea of a timeless being and is connected with the name Yahweh found in the Old Testament. Now let's open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 1, starting in verse 4, and follow along with Pastor Rob. Over the last couple of weeks, I, I, I confess I've been dawdling somewhat in the, um, in the introduction. As a pastor, and especially this would be the first time that I'm really going through the book of Revelation with a congregation, it's very uh, challenging, and uh, it's very tempting to jump into the abyss of, uh, and I mean that in a, in a, in a positive way, because uh, the abyss is never a good thing, but it, when it's good things, uh, it, the, the temptation is there. And so it's very, uh, pray for me that I'd be able to keep it straight, because there's so much here that I want to make sure we, we, don't, um, we don't spend too much time, but we don't also give it what it's worth. And, um, and you know, the Lord reminded me that if we, if we did nothing but read the book of Revelation, and I didn't say a single word. We, I said, we prayed, and then I just got into it and read it. The blessing is going to be there. Because he promised the blessing for those who read it out loud and those who hear it. And those who keep it, the blessing is there. And any time I open my mouth, other than the word of God, the Lord says, your potential liability, right? Every time I open my mouth, when it's not the word of God on the written page, I become a liability to God, so I understand how serious of a matter that is. But let's pray, and let's, uh, I'm going to read to you uh, for the sake of time, because we've got a lot of ground to cover this morning. Father, we uh, thank you for uh, this book, Father, and we recognize, Lord, that there is so much to it. And we recognize, Lord, that it's, it's a revelation, Lord, not only of yourself, Lord, it's a revelation of your thoughts. 
It's a revelation of the things that you are planning and that you have planned from before the foundation of the earth, Lord. You have planned these things. And Lord, you are showing them to your servants. You're showing them to all of us today. Lord, you spoke. You gave the revelation to your son, Jesus, and he gave it to his angel to signify it to John. And John was to give it to all of us, certainly to the churches present at that time, but also to all the church throughout all time until you return. And so, Lord, we acknowledge that this morning. And we acknowledge the wonderful future that we have. And we also understand, Lord, the difficulty of those who refuse Christ. And, Lord, the things that are coming upon the earth that are so frightening, God. How could anybody resist you? How would anybody want to stay outside of the family of God at a time like this? Especially as we read this, Lord, may you prick the hearts of every unbeliever and the hearts of the believers. Lord, that we would take and keep those things that are written here. So, Lord, have your way with us. And, Lord, may you be glorified. You are the only reverend. You are reverend and holy is your name. Faithful and true are you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to read to you the first eight verses. We're going to get through uh, verses four through eight today. And when I get back from Israel in a couple weeks, uh, we will begin in chapter nine, which is really the, the, the description of Jesus. And it's going to be wonderful. But let's look at chapter uh, one, verse one. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to show which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and he signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things, notice, that he saw. And here's the blessing. Underline this. Put a star by this verse. Blessed is he, notice three things, he who reads and those who hear, the words of this prophecy, and keep those things that are written in it, for the time is near. Nice introduction. And then it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Almighty. As we looked at verse 3 there, last week we really just covered the first three verses. The week prior was really just an introduction to the, to the book. But as we look at this, notice, uh, blessed is, is he who reads. The idea is reading out loud. And that's what we're doing now. We're reading it out loud, whether you're reading it to yourself. But reading it out loud has a, a, a second benefit because it, it encompasses more of the senses. As many of the senses that we can get in the word of God into us, all the better. And when I read it to myself, it's not audible, is it? But when I read, even to myself, I'm engaging more of my senses. I'm engaging my sight. I'm engaging my hearing. I'm engaging these things. But notice, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy. 
The idea of this word here is very important. It means to attend, to consider what is or has been said, to understand, to perceive what is being said. And are we listening? Are we listening? You know, oftentimes, you know the, what happens, men and, and women, husbands and wives. You can be sitting on the couch with your husband and, or sitting across the room and Something could be distracting you. You could be thinking about something else and your wife, your spouse is speaking to you. You know they're in the room. You're thinking about something else. Maybe you're distracted by something on television. They're talking, but you're not really there. Or maybe you're in the car and you're driving along and she says, did you hear what I said? You're like, no. No, I didn't. I didn't. What is it? (laughs) You're going 80 miles an hour. Oh, no, we have to be listening. See, more than our spouse, our, 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 our Savior, Jesus Christ, wants to speak to us. And every single day he wants to uh, give you his heart. He wants to give you something. Every single time we gather, every single time that you get into the word of God, he wants to give to you. So we have to be listening. We have to be listening. We have to be hearing. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. That means that faith comes through hearing. When I hear, it it, it does something inside of me. It gives me something to chew on. It gives me something to be challenged by And my faith grows as I hear what? Not just anything, but as I hear the word of God. How important is it for us to be in the word of God? As Christians, we would all say it's very important, but let me challenge you. How often do you spend in it apart from our gatherings? Is it a part of your life so much so that every single day you are in it for as much time as you can? The greatest peace you will find, brothers and sisters, is the more you spend time with the Lord and be in his word, the greater peace you will have on your life. And the alternate is true. The less you are apart from his word, the more you're going to sense, you're going to have anxiety and you're going to have a sense of, uh, of just worry. And the cares of life will overshadow those things. So how important is it? It's very important. So we need to hear. Notice, Blessed are those who read and who hear the words of this prophecy, this word prophecy, because the Bible, the the book of Revelation, is a book of prophecy. Now, prophecy signifies the speaking forth of the mind and the counsel of God. It's not just showing things that are yet to come. Does that make sense? When we think of prophecy, we always think of something that hasn't occurred yet, but it's more than that. that. That's certainly one part of it. But the other part is God just showing forth and speaking forth his mind and his counsel. That is prophecy. That is prophecy. And this word, and it's no uh, surprise that this word prophecy occurs seven times in the book of Revelation. Here in verse 3, in chapter 11, verse 6, in chapter 19, verses 10, chapter 22, verses 7, 10, and then 18 and 19, seven times it occurs, this word prophecy. And when we think about things to come, you know, we can think about this book. Really from chapters 4 through the end are prophetic because they have not occurred. And we're right in the middle of the church age, in between this second and third chapter of what we're reading here, because that really encompasses the church age. But there's coming a time, and we'll look more at chapter 4 when we get to it, when the Lord will say, come up here. And he says that to the church. He raptures the church. 
She is with him forevermore. But we'll look at that another time. But John was very understanding and very familiar with Jesus speaking prophecy. You remember that night in the Last Supper, Jesus spoke to his disciples because he told them of his impending, his coming death on the cross, but that he told them also that he would rise again the third day. And they were still very concerned. They didn't quite get it yet, and we would be the same way. But Jesus said something really interesting to his disciples that night of the Last Supper. He says, let not your heart be troubled. And I think there's a lot of us today that have hearts that are troubled. And I think the same message would be to you and to me. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Notice what he says to them. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. For that where I am, that where I'm sorry, that where I am, there you may be also. And where you go, I know, and the way you know. Jesus spoke prophecy, things yet to come to his servants, to his disciples. In Revelation 19, verse 10, it says, The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So even, not only foretelling events, but even everything he says is the spirit of prophecy. Because Jesus said, I, am the, I and the Father are one, and if you've heard me, you've heard the Father. Have you read that? And so whatever he says is exactly the heart of God. That's in the counsels of his own heart. And he doesn't waste words. The ink that we have on the page here, these words aren't here by, by happen chance. They are there specifically and very deliberately. They're placed there. It's, it's like a, a, a surgical thing where every single word, God meant what he said, and he said what he meant. And we can believe every single word of it. Do you believe the word of God this morning? Do you believe it? Because sometimes my life can betray what I claim with my mouth. I can say, I believe in you, Lord, but yet my life is painting a different picture. I would encourage you to take the word of God seriously. And not only take it in for knowledge, okay, because if that's where it ends, there's going to be a problem because there's a lot of people who know a lot up here, but we don't have a lot of love down here. Love, folks, is what is important. The very love of God in for him toward us, and then we are to manifest his love and his grace to others. And boy, I tell you, there is never a time in history when we need the love of God more than now. Not only for us personally, but for the love of God to be demonstrated, demonstrated and spoken to all those around us, especially those who are against us. Against those who are, uh, uh, or to those who are, who are difficult to be around. We need that. But prophecy, so important. In Isaiah... Chapter 55, verse 11, it says, My word that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish all that I, which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I sent it. The word of God, how important is it? It's very important. But going on here in verse 3, we've got to look at a couple more things here. He said, And blessed are those who keep those things. The idea is to watch and preserve, to guard it. So many saints throughout history in the church have guarded the word of God. Many have hazarded their own lives, given their lives for the word of God. They've kept it. They've prayed over it. They've cried over it. They've tore it out of the Bible. There's some pastors that, that you know, I think it was Martin Luther, actually, at one point, I think it was him, got so angry, he just tore the Bible 
He just tore it because of the wrestling that he was wrestling with. You know, before, during his conversion or before that, I don't remember exactly, but he got so angry. And, you know, I wish there were people more angry like that about struggling with their own selves rather than just thinking, I'm okay, I'm okay. But the guy was just, he was so taken by what was written there, he, it just, it, it, it grasped him. And so few of that is happening today. You know, Jesus said, I would, if you were, if you were, uh, hot or cold, I can deal. I can deal with something. I can deal with you on that. But he says there are many that are lukewarm. He said that to the Laodicean church, and I believe that's the church we live in. And you may be offended by that, and it may not be you specifically. Okay, it may not be you and I specifically. You may be okay with the Lord, and praise the Lord if that be the case. But church wide, over the whole country, we're playing games. We're more interested in being entertained and worship music and being entertained, having the rock concert, feeling good about myself, never being challenged, but tolling, oh, God loves you. And it is true, he does love you. But if that's all you hear, you're going to be walking out of here thinking that God loves you and you can just stay the way you are. But let me tell you something. That is not the gospel. The gospel is good news because there's bad news. The bad news is that I'm going straight to hell. You are going straight to hell if you don't have Christ in your life. That message had to be preached to me when I was 24 years old. I knew I was going straight to hell. I needed the gospel, and the gospel set me free, and it set you free, amen? For those of you, I know you have, but it's serious business. Because God loves you. He really does love you. But at his expense, at his price, because of our sin, there is no way around that. We cannot skirt that. It must be proclaimed. But the idea is to keep those things that are written in here, for the time is near. And there are some who won't even read this book. There are some pastors, some churches that will stay away from this book because they think it's too dark, it's too unknowable. Well, why? if it is, then why did Jesus say that it would be a blessing for us to read it? Seems like a contradiction. I think he's right. I know he's right. We're wrong. Right? We read it. We can't guard, we can't observe, we can't preserve that which we don't read or think is valid for today. This book is more valid than ever before as we get closer to the end. And I love this word keep because it reminds me of another word in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. You know this verse. It says... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That word here is in the Hebrew, Shema. And Shema literally means to hear with the intent of being obedient to it. Same kind of thing. Hear with the intention of doing something about it. Don't just let it set up here. It has to get from the 18 inches from here down into here where my life and my actions are motivated. They're changed by what I hear. Up here. It's got to get here. Don't just let your head be filled with knowledge, but seek a relationship with Christ. And finally, he gets into the greeting of the, of the letter. He says, John, to the seven churches. Now, we know this is John the Apostle who penned the letter, but the individual letters that we're going to see in chapters 2 and 3 were dictated to John by um, Jesus through the angel. Letters to seven specific churches in Asia Minor, which we now know today is Turkey, in that area of Turkey today, there were seven churches, and these letters were written to them, 
And they were Ephesus and Smyrna and Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. He lays those out for us in verse 11. And while I believe that these seven churches, these are seven literal churches, but I also believe that it represents the church age as a whole, from the very beginning, from the day of Pentecost, when the church was born, all the way until the rapture of the church. Every, every commendation that Jesus gave to these seven churches, every correction that he gave to these seven churches in Asia Minor in the first century, seven literal churches, he says at the end of each letter to them, notice it says, let him who has ears hear what the Spirit says to the churches. These letters are meant to be read to the individual church and also all the letters written are are to be read to to all the churches, to all of them. Listen to them because you'll find church history kind of compacted into these letters. You find the lukewarm church. You find the church that's doing really well. You find those that are losing their first love. You find churches that are, um, you know, they've left their first works. You see it all in these letters and they really represent the church age. And incidentally, this is the first time we we come across the number seven. The number seven is a number of, of, uh, signifies completion and perfection. And you're going to see it replete throughout the book of Revelation. So many times the number seven is used. The number seven. There's seven colors in the rainbow. Roy G. Biv, right? Red, orange, yellow, Green, indigo, blue, violet, whatever that is, right? Indigo, violet. Seven. There's seven. The rainbow belongs to God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get a witness? The rainbow belongs to him as a promise, right? We know what the rainbow is all about. Redeem the rainbow. (laughs) Not only that, but there's seven notes that make up the major scale. Do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Everyone together. A do, a deer, a female deer. Re. <laughs> seven notes. They make up something complete. Seven notes in the scale. Seven days in a week. So many things. So many sevens. There were seven priests who were carrying seven trumpets in Jericho. They marched around on the seventh day. Seven times. There are seven churches, seven angels, seven trumpets, seven seal judgments, trumpet judgments, bull judgments, golden lampstands, spirits, lamps of fire, eyes, thunders, people, heads, plagues, kings. You're going to see all these things, and they all speak of completion, completion and perfection. And notice what John says to these churches. He says, grace and peace to you. I would say that the first century church needed much of that, and I think we do too. We need grace and peace. Grace, that unmerited favor which we could not earn. We could not earn it. And certainly in the first century, they were being persecuted. I remember when I was 20 years old, 1990, went to Europe with a travel study group, and we were over in Europe for a month. It was a humanities course at college where you see all of Europe in a month kind of, kind of deal. And I remember going down into the St. Priscilla catacombs underneath Rome and seeing where the Christians were being persecuted, where they, where they hid and where they buried their dead in the walls. I remember vividly as an unbeliever walking through those catacombs with the lighting very dim and very musty smelling and walking through and seeing the images that they, they wrote on the walls 
of Jesus and Mary and the three uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see all that on the walls. They've preserved those things. They were all there. They were being persecuted. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcasts. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.